the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A great show today. In just a few moments, we'll talk with John Schlafly. John Schlafly and Andy Schlafly do the weekly Schlafly Report. This week's is a good one on what Biden is doing in the Ukraine and how maybe... Just maybe there'll be political ramifications. We'll see. Hey, we'll also get an update from Cynthia Hughes of the Patriot Freedom Project. A lot happening around the um, January 6th defendants. Uh, we've heard heard lots of talk about the videos, uh, the 40,000 plus hours that Tucker Carlson has. We'll see what Cynthia uh, Hughes of the Patriot Freedom Project has to say and get an update from her. Uh, but first, let's talk about an important uh, topic. Let's talk about an important um, uh, set of issues and 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 I want to today's what you need to know is two twofer. It's what you need to know who, and it's also what you need to know what. And the first part is what you need to know is one of the most important people in the country, powerful people, far left, leftist people, is a woman named Susan Rice. Now Susan Rice under Barack Obama, I think Susan Rice might have worked in the in the uh, in the in the Clinton uh, Bill Clinton White House, maybe in some capacity, but under Barack Obama. She was his right hand. She was the national security, national security advisor, headed up the National Security Council, and she was the right hand for, uh, for, um, Barack Obama. You may remember that she's the one that went out and did all the TV shows on a weekend defending the idea that somehow the, uh, the murder of our amba- uh, embassy ambassador and some embassy uh, uh, personnel was because of a video. Um, she was lying, obviously. Um, and people know that, knew that pretty quickly right after. But she was, she was with Barack Obama until the very end. In the last days of the Obama administration, she was part of the group that was uh, out there and was uh, in office, was a member unmasking people. She was in the meeting that uh, announced how they would go after uh, General uh, Michael Flynn. Um, She was till the very end, till the last day, last hour, she was with Barack Obama. She was one of his right hand, in this case, women, women. Um, ama- amazingly close and, and powerful, really powerful, huge influence. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people believed that she was on the short list to be uh, a VP. She had, she left, uh, when Obama left, she went off to, I think, Stanford and was teaching at Stanford. And so she, there she was. And she's, and so she, um, is, a, it came back into the Biden White House because she didn't get to be VP. And, um, she came back in and now she's domestic. Uh, policy advisor and she heads up a huge huge sweeping um a portfolio everything from the department of justice and what they're doing to ever pick a topic because in some ways that's the, that's where all the action is all the things on transgender all the things on uh, the far left ag- agenda in every way those are all running through the controls of susan rice and so and every now and then you don't see her name on a lot of stuff but you just know that's how it's staffed and every now and then you actually see her 
in in you know kind of take a role that is publicly seen and that happened in the last couple of days when it was announced that there was a special executive order and the executive order from February 16th from about a week ago the executive order is entitled executive order on further advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities throughout the federal government. Now you say, what does that mean? What it means is basically, or no, not basically summarizing it, just to describe that there's an executive order that will create in each department equity czars, bureaucrats who are at the highest level who are charged with making sure that every federal agency and the entire executive branch is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is a trick. It's a socialist trick. It's not about performance, success. It's not about um, equality. That's not equality is not the thing. It's equity. Equity means making sure the outcomes, the outcomes are the same. If you have to adjust someone and give them something to get them up to where you want them to be, that's what you do with equity. It's a socialism. It is a pure on socialist plan, but here's where it gets interesting. Every one of the departments will have agency equity teams and agency equity czars, okay? And they will make sure of things like facilitating equitable flows of private capital. So the government will be influencing the flow of private capital to the communities they want, picking winners and losers under the guise of, quote, equity, equitable flows. Imagine. But here's where it gets amazing. The person who will be in charge of this whole effort, the chairman of this effort, is none other than Susan Rice. And Susan Rice will be now the lead person calling meetings of the group of equity czars and saying, okay, who's doing what? Let's see what you did. How much can you change? And they're going to uh, make sure all across government that equity which is a code, a trick word for socialism. Equity is the way you do socialism, but you don't want to say socialism because it means that you have to use the power, in this case of government, to force people to treat the people you want the same way as other people. It doesn't matter whether they earned it. It doesn't matter if they're qualified. It doesn't matter anything. And at the end of this all, at the end of all this, There is a White House Steering Committee on Equity, and the White House Steering Committee on Equity is chaired by Susan Rice. And and so this will all be coming out of the White House. It will be driving down into all the different departments this socialist idea, not performance, not equality, not uh, um, the uh, success metrics. No, it'll be equity and equity will be defined based on race, based on sex, based on other preferred means coming from the White House, coming from the White House. So back to what you need to know today. What you need to know is two things. This is terrible, terrible, specific socialist policies being pushed across government and it will work. And you know, one of the ways it will work is if you ask anyone about the Biden White House, they will tell you that the cabinet secretaries are by and large not in charge because the White House is in charge. And the person in the White House who is, you know, is, 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 has supervision over different departments. They're the ones in charge. 
They're telling the White House staffer is telling Pete Buttigieg what's going to happen. The White House staffer is telling uh, Walsh, Marty, is it Marty Walsh, the labor uh, uh, cabinet secretary, what's going to happen? That's how this is happening more than any other. It, it happens a lot in administrations uh, that there's control from the White House, as you'd expect, because the cabinet secretaries are hired by the uh, ed, ed, by the president. You know, they're 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 offered the job by the president. But in this case, it's really being driven. And so the White House. Susan Rice. So what you need to know, bad, bad policy. And what you need to know is Susan Rice is the architect of all this. And the last part of that is that if you think that Susan Rice and others like her who are enjoying and succeeding at reshaping our government day to day, if you think they're going to take a chance on a new candidate, on a new president, you don't have any idea how things work. The reality is they will make sure that Joe Biden is the nominee and they'll do everything with their power using government, as they've done before, to fortify the election, to make sure that he wins. That's what's happening. That's what you need to know. And it's deeply troubling. Now, America First Legal, one of the outfits, you know, that is fighting uh, for lots of good stuff is uh, is out there and they've identified a lot of the details of this and they're going after it. We'll see what happens. But a lot of it is is, is executive orders that are difficult to challenge. They're difficult to challenge because it's basically a preference. If you want to run the government as a socialist country, if you want to run the government, I say it better. If, if Joe Biden wants to let his government be run under a socialist set of ideals, set agenda, that's kind of a preference. That's kind of a governing preference. There may be some things you can do, but every agency from the FBI to the FAA to the FDA, FDA FEMA are all going to be under this equity thing. It's not just going to be like the housing department that's looking at how housing is dis- discrimination happens or something. No, no. It's going to be in law enforcement. It's going to be in the military. It's going to be everywhere. Equity with Susan Rice. Amazing that's happening in America. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll talk back in a moment. We'll talk with John Schlafly and later Cynthia Hughes. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, John Schlafly joins us. John writes the weekly column with his brother Andy, the Schlafly Report. Welcome, John. How are you? Good, Ed. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. So this week's column, I saw it posted uh, late last evening over at townhall.com, our sister site, also archived already over at phyllisschlafly.com. Biden's escalation echoes LBJ's mistake. All right. So you're teaching us some history. You're teaching us some history here, John. Walk us through uh, what you and Andy are saying. And especially I think people thought, what? Russia is suspending their their participation in the start. I guess it's new start treaty. Oh, I didn't even know that was going on. What, 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 walk us through what's happening here and how you see echoes of LBJ. Well, it's a dangerous situation that Biden has brought us into. And uh, a lot of Americans, unfortunately, uh, are, have been complacent about it because U.S. troops are not being sent. But uh, an incredibly large amount of money is being sent to no purpose, really. It's just destructive. Um, it's destroying a whole country, what our American money has been paying for. And uh, 
Biden and his t- best friend, Mitch McConnell, are, are just going to town on this. And they're escalating. They're ramping it up. They're sending more money. They're, Biden said, you know, as long as it takes. Um, but they don't, don't say what the goal is. And that's kind of an odd thing. What is the goal? Because uh, you know, Zelensky has said what his goal is, but the United States has not committed to his goal. So what is uh, our goal? That remains unclear. So, but, but, uh, but John, before, we're, we're, but, uh, but, but yeah. Biden has got has trapped in this morass, and 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 you know it's a horrible, horrible, terrible situation that's just got to stop. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly, and in particular, his column this week is uh, entitled uh, "Biden's Escalation Echoes LBJ's Mistake." John, before we get into what I think, uh, to what I've read in the column about how it echoes LBJ and and the problem of getting us into a morass, it's a good phrase. I did want to underscore um, when the president of the United States, any president, but when Joe Biden headed over and and not forget about Ukraine for a minute, what he did in Ukraine, standing there and and you know vouching for we're going to stay here forever or whatever, but more he goes over to Poland. And he stands in Poland with our ally, allies, Poland, and and uh, they know in their recent history, in the last 25 years, 30 years, what it's like to be threatened. They know over the last 150 years about being taken off the map repeatedly uh, by their enemies. And my my point in saying that is not to say that I disagree with Poland's experience. It's why when you speak to Poles, they're not sort of sanguine about the the possibility that that Russia stops. They're worried about it. For them, it's existential crisis time. However, the president should know that. And in some sense, by standing in Poland, I mean, we're close to the point where we're taunting Russia. We're 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 not it's it's not even sort of like, oh, supporting an ally, maybe draining the strength of Russia. We're kind of taunting the, the Russian leadership, at least I, it feels to me really uh, reckless. That's the word I thought. Well, it is reckless, but, uh, you know, I don't really buy the com- analogy or the comparison between Poland and Ukraine. I mean, Poland is a proud and independent country that uh is is our ally, part of NATO, and we are committed to defending Poland. That's not true of Ukraine. And Ukraine really, you know, really is Russian. It's part of Russia uh, in large part, if not entirely. And, uh, you know, it, it was the, um, and, uh, and, and of course, and so we have no commitment to defend the territorial integrity of Ukraine, nor should we. And frankly, you know, Russia has legitimate claims to Ukraine. And I think we need to respect that. It was a terrible, terrible mistake when uh, Biden and Harris said they supported Ukraine joining NATO. No, Ukraine can cannot be part of NATO. That was that is what really provoked this war a year ago when uh, Biden and Harris repeatedly said, and Zelensky repeatedly said, that the plan was for Ukraine to join NATO in order to come under America's protection. We have to say adamantly no, no, a thousand times no, they cannot have that. 
they have to make their separate peace with Russia. They have to make the best deal they can with Russia. They have to accept the fact that Russia is their big brother and will dominate their country. And that's the reality of Ukraine. I'm sorry. You know, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but that is the reality. Ed. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. John, I think half the country agrees with you. I think half the other other half of the country may be, uh, you know, bumping along. As I drop a little historical footnote, I saw someone say um, this has all the markings of in pre-World War II. And I think they want to say the people that want to think this is that fight um, saying that a lot of the country didn't want to go to war in, in the days, the years before World War II till uh, Pearl Harbor, because they didn't want the intervention. They didn't want to be entangled in the world. But John, talk for a second about the politics of this. I did not quite put it together. Um, you describe how LBJ uh, was, you know, high as could be and, and you know, ha- had a rhythm of this, looked like he was uh, invincible, especially in his own primary. And in 1968, suddenly, because of the entanglement in the war uh, in Vietnam, um, he ended up retiring. I mean, tell us that story. Well, yes. And uh, but now, ad- admittedly, the difference was that hundreds of thousands of American troops were being sent to Vietnam. So that did make a big difference. And that's not true of Ukraine. But uh, the the world is a lot different now. And what we can accomplish with just a few advisors, uh, the fact is Biden has committed the United States on his own and without the consent of Congress and without the, you know, without the participation of American troops, he is essentially committed the United States to protect Ukraine. And so he's put America in the noose. You know, we're facing and we're really responsible for uh, the grinding, devastating war that's been going on over there. And uh, presumably he's been planning to pay for reconstruction too when it's all over. But uh, so at some point, we're predicting, I think, in our c- column that Americans are going to turn away from that and say, no, we this has gone too far. And it may, and we have these straw in the wind. And when Russia decided they're going to pull out of the nuclear treaty that we had with them, I mean, come on, this is a very, very serious situation. Uh, uh, the The idea that nuclear weapons would even be talked about in connection with a border dispute over a couple of provinces on the eastern side of Ukraine. I mean, think about that. Think how incredibly risky, how, you know, how, you know, how incredibly reckless that is. Reckless was your word, and that was a good word. Right. Um, John, if, if if your point in this uh, piece is that um, uh, the the politics moves fast in this modern time too, and I think you know um, that you're you're saying, hey, um, LBJ thought he was invincible too, and suddenly he gets challenged from the the uh, the uh, uh, you know anti-war left uh, by uh, Gene McCarthy uh, of Minnesota, and suddenly he's um, he he finds himself in a in a bind. Uh, I have two observations I want your reaction to. Number one, when Joe Biden announced and, and bragged about how all across America, the, the, the Ukrainian flags are flying, I see them. First of all, it's simply patently false, although there are more than I would have expected. And, 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 and when I admit that there are more than I expected, part of me says that's been the role 
of the pro-war propaganda, the the pro-war media of nearly every side. And as you pointed out, Mitch McConnell is a Republican who's who's supportive of this and lots of Republicans. I mean, it's been it's been heavily, heavily uh, propagandized. And the 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 second thing is, I, I don't know if the Democrat Party has anybody who has the seriousness. I mean, Gene McCarthy was a serious kind of character of far left. Um, and I don't see anybody like that. Bernie Sanders is not of that stock. No, Sanders has been quiet, and right. the left is divided. There was a anti-war rally on Sunday, and but it was, I would say, only a modest number of people showed up for it. Um, it was nothing like what we saw in the 1960s. For those who were there, Ed, I guess you yeah. weren't, but uh, <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> I remember it well. And but you know, the Ukraine flag. You know, I saw somebody, and now this may have been a joke, but uh, somebody in in East Palestine, Ohio, was waving the Ukrainian flag in the hopes they can get Biden's attention right. so, so, so they can get some aid and assistance to that devastated uh, territory in Ohio uh, that maybe divert just a bit of what's going to Ukraine to help our people in our country. I mean, uh, they, you know, they were... It was yeah, a stunt, yeah, but, that, uh, but that, that's, so. that's 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 my point, John. Is that you have to have a there has to be a messenger. I mean, you know, the famous book that uh, your mother wrote, which is is widely credited with launching the conservative movement broadly. Um, it it had a horse, you know, it was Goldwater, and uh, and you have to have a horse to ride to to try to make this contrast. It's it's and the and the horses that could you know ride into this fight on the pro uh, excuse me on the uh, well on the pro peace or the anti war left. You know, Tulsi Gabbard, she's she's gone. Right. I mean, she's as you mentioned, she was at this rally. Uh, Bernie Sanders is strangely quiet. Um, AOC, strangely quiet. Right. I mean, the the usual suspects, because it's a Democrat in, in many ways, in my opinion, it's because a Democrat's doing it. They won't object. If it was Trump doing it, I think there'd be there would be, uh, uh, you know, Antifa and other uh, rallies and riots. Well, and and also the left, you know, these people have you know, told this fairy tale for six years that Putin is somehow allied with Trump. And and uh, so by fighting, by sending uh, weapons and money to Ukraine to fight Putin, right. they think they're fighting Trump by doing right. that. Right. They, right. they really think they're fighting Trump yeah. by, by good point. Putin that's being a... Trump's person. Yeah. And, you know, so that's the motivation for that. It's that's... crazy, but... You know, that's what they believe, and that's reinforced by CNN and MSNBC every day. Well, and and um, and and in some sense, at least on the positivity of the Ukraine fight by Fox News and and some of the conservative sides. I mean, with some exceptions, a lot of the Fox News coverage is, hey, this is a fight for freedom and and, and a fight for the rest of us. And, you know, I was I was visiting. I was talking with John Schlafly again. His column is over at Phyllis Schlafly dot com. I was visiting somebody who's sort of pro Ukrainian uh, the fight, their military type. And um, and I was saying, you know, it, as you said, it's we've got ourselves in a trap now. Joe Biden's put us in a trap and and the trap is if you leave now and ukraine loses we'll get blamed right or you stay now until what we're fighting russia with a you know a hot war and the the the, the problem is there's not a republican voice yet articulating the 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 way out because defund the the ukraine i think is is too 
it's almost too far too fast. It's somehow got to be something like, you know, and, and you've heard some of them say, you know, peace deal or and or maybe it's partly transparency to see where the money's going to win the argument. I don't know. But it it does feel like we're being put in a trap. We're already in a trap. And Joe Biden put us there. Well, and Zelensky, you know, he thinks all he has to do is stamp his feet. He can get anything he wants. And, uh, you know, he stated what his objective is, is right, to right. is to recapture every square inch of territory, including Crimea. And, you know, as long as he takes that view, you know, there's no solution to this. There's no end to this. Mm-hmm. Because the United States, you know, somebody, and it may be Trump two years from now, is going to have to tell him, no, you cannot have that. Right. Just have to stand down. You have to accept the fact that Crimea and the four eastern provinces are Russia now. You have to accept that. Yeah. And uh, um, there'll be there's not going to be any peace until he does that or Um, else he has to be deposed. Well, last comment, John, but I I do wish that it would. um, I do, do wish this would start a real effort to reform the the war powers the dynamic because you're you're making the point we're in another war that's not a declared war it's not congress hasn't voted on it so there's nobody really on the hot seat and if the power of the presidency and the executive branch and the propaganda machine behind it is is employed you you, ver- you really don't have a chance you do, I, I mean we don't have a chance well, to get to the truth that's right and of course congress did you know pay for the money and and the, yeah that's true the theory the argument has always been ever since Vietnam for 50 years, that um, as long as Congress is appropriating the money, it doesn't matter if they specifically authorize the war, because the military is there, they have the money, they have the weapons, and the president can send them wherever he wants without specific authorization from Congress. Now, that's a constitutional debate. As you know, Ed, it's never been finally resolved, but that's where we are. And, you know, Bill Clinton was in there, and he launched a war against Yugoslavia, and he got away with that, right. uh, even though Congress never authorized it. Right. And yeah, it's never so, litigated. It's never litigated in part because I mean, it's never fought out in part because I think Congress doesn't want to have to take those hard votes. It's hard enough to take the and, spending. And votes. then and when and then when Obama was president, Hillary as Secretary of State, yeah. you know, launched a war against Libya. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's um, and uh, it's, yeah, the 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 power. All right, John. I got. Unfortunately, I got to run. John Schlafly. I'm I'm out of time. John Schlafly. Uh, I've got to go. Um, we appreciate it. Good column this week and an important topic. Uh, check it out over at phyllisschlafly.com. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with Cynthia Hughes. Cynthia Hughes is, of course, the founder of the Patriot Freedom Project. Go to PatriotFreedomProject.com and you can see all the work she's been doing, see all the people who are supporting her and her efforts. She herself, her her family was touched by the January 6th uh, tragedies. Her uh, son, she calls him a son, it's a family uh, member uh, ended up in a jam and is serving time for what happened. And she's, but she's settled into this role as we talked about of helping other people. And I was with her. She's down in Washington D.C. We were over at the courts. There was a sentencing of one of the uh, defendants. Uh, and but I, I don't want to actually talk about that, Cynthia. Cynthia Hughes, welcome back. I, I want to ask you about uh, the video released 
people don't really understand um, what this means. There were now we know there were I don't know over forty thousand hours of video uh, taken on January sixth for the prisoners and their families and their lawyers. We've all known about this and talked about it and have not been able to share it or see it past a certain point. So first, all of it is being released initially to Tucker Carlson. Are, are you okay with that? I know even some people on the right or conservatives or are like, wait, why not release all of it to the public? What's your thoughts? I I, I am all right with it. And by the way, thank you for having me back, Ed. Yep. Um, I, I am all right with it. Um, I trust Tucker. Um, I think Tucker is one of the only journalists um, that will give you both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks the truth. He always has. Um, he he has no filter. He doesn't hold back. Um, and so I do not think that um, I, I, I think it's I, I think that, yes, the American, you know, and maybe not the, the whole American public, but at the very least, the lawyers should have access to whatever was given to Tucker. Yeah. Um, um, I do think Tucker will do a good job of releasing um, whatever it is that he, he needs to release. But I also feel that um, there are a few people, maybe a handful of people that would be very helpful to Tucker and his team, um, you know, to, to point him in certain directions. Um, You know, we work with, with two people, you know, specifically, as you know, um, I, I don't need to mention their names on here, but um, who are very, very good about uh, pointing out certain, um, you know, certain uh, areas, uh, timestamps, um, you know, video footage of, of what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. They could be very, very beneficial to Tucker and his team in this. Uh, we're talking with Cynthia Hughes again. PatriotFreedomProject.com is her website. PatriotFreedomProject.com. You'll see all the work there and you can support that work. Uh, you know, I kind of say it like this. I, I think, um, Kevin McCarthy said he would release the video. I think most of us thought he meant to the public, but if this is the first step, okay. I, I think, you know, what we know for sure is that the Nancy Pelosi unselect committee led by Liz Cheney and others, they really played fast and loose with the truth. They, they, they cherry picked, uh, um, some of the, the, the video, um, and in order to push a narrative, the hard part for me, Cynthia is, I think if people can see the the broadness of all these videos, I mean, it's 40, 40, 40,000 plus hours. I was describing to someone today, there are cameras in that Capitol on every corridor. There's, there's five cameras on every corridor. There's cameras on the outside, the inside, upside down, everywhere. And so you got a lot. And what I really want is, to be honest, is for the video to come out, but there to be enough resources and enough, you alluded to it, smarts, people that have the experience and know to sort of break the hoax because I don't just want to say, Oh, it's out there. You've got to get it out there. And you, I don't know, crowd, you know, crowd, watch it, crowd critique it and, and get to the bottom of it. Um, I think Tucker will do a lot of that, but you know, Tucker's got a staff of whatever, let's say it's, let's say it's a hundred, but he doesn't have a staff of thousands. Uh, he doesn't have a staff of, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of angles and shots. And uh, you know, if it's 41,000 hours, I can't do math, but at 41,000 times 60 minutes, we're, you know, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of minutes, uh, to look at. It's a real challenge. So I, I hope it's the first step in breaking the hoax. Um, I think it's a real challenge, but I, I kind of am with you on that. Are you also, would you say so far you're seeing the, the, the Republican House 
take the kinds of steps you hoped when you you know thought there were going to be new leadership up there? Are you feeling pretty good about that? No. No? No. No, I'm not. Um, okay. I think I think that – I mean, I know that things, you know, take time and, and you know, certain steps have to be taken, but I do feel that um, there could be a little bit more, um, even if it was just, you know, some reassurance in, in their words. But, um, you know – the only one that we really see talking about January 6th ever is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, you know, she's only one person and she can't carry this whole thing on her back. Um, and I just wish a lot more, um, a lot more of our Congress people would, you know, would just step up. You know, there's a story that I, I, I say often, um, and it's about uh, Senator J.D. Vance. And, you know, um he donated to Patriot Freedom Project very early on. And, um, you know, he, he's a family man and he grew up, uh, with his grandmother and, you know, he knows what hard circumstances are. He's a real gem. And, um, he took a lot of heat for donating to Patriot Freedom Project. And, and, you know, for a little bit there, you know, I think he might've regretted donating, but, um, but I, I think ultimately he's glad that he did. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, here's a man who has an absolute solid backbone and spine. He doesn't right. care what people right. think. He doesn't care what people are going to say. He stood up to his opponent when they were at their debates and he took the heat when, the you know, his opponent, um, who was it, uh, Tim Kelly, I think, um, you know, was hammering him for donating to the foundation and, and sticking up for the people of January 6th. And he didn't back down from that. And guess who got elected? It wasn't his opponent. It was J.D. Vance. Um, and By so the way, his you, opponent's name was Tim Ryan. I know that Tim you Italian, Italian-American uh, background like you have. You lump all the Irish-Americans together. <laughs> his name was Tim Ryan, not Tim Kelly. But go ahead. I take all right. I take all right, J.D. Vance actually stood up and, and didn't back down. And I think it makes a difference. I agree with you. I think I think the base of the Republican Party, meaning 35 percent of Americans are like, hey, where's the fighters for us? But you're you. I mean, you're that, uh, this is a big deal to me. You're, you're not seeing yet. I mean, Jim Jordan and these committees, you're not seeing enough yet, huh? No, I, I don't. I don't think that we are. And um, I think we could you know, I think we need to see a little bit more. And also, um, I feel that, um, you know, I, I mean, Jim Jordan has made some statements and of course, Matt Gates, you know, he, he is acting and he's, he's doing, you know, doing his work. And I mean, there's a few others. Um, I do think that, uh, Andy Biggs is very, um, you know, really a proponent of, of helping the January Sixers, but I, I don't know, Ed, I mean, can you say that you're hearing anything, you know, major, you know, that's, you know, Really making no, you say, okay, no, I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 again, we're talking with Cynthia Hughes. And if you go to uh, her website, patriotfreedomproject.com, you can see all the different work. And I want to get back before I lose the time to come to that. But no, I agree with you. I mean, <clears throat> the problem is, um, in politics, especially at the level of the federal, the Congress and all, um, you don't know whether it's that people are too busy or they're, um, dissing you. And by that, I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, you got Hunter Biden's laptop, you got the Ukraine, you got a Chinese, uh, water balloon being shot down over wherever, all that stuff. And so you say, wait, well, man, these guys are in charge. The Republicans are in charge now of the house and they, they got too much on their plate. On the other hand, you say, wait a second, a bunch of you promised, a bunch of you said you'd do more. That's why, at least on the uh, on the on the Tucker thing, uh, maybe Tucker is going to show 
the basically what you just said, which is it is worthwhile taking this up. People do want to hear about the truth. Now the rest of you get some backbone. I because I think that's the you know I, I I'm being generous early on. It's only a three weeks into it, but I I'm with you. I agree. I think there's not enough being done. Now before I lose you, uh, PatriotFreedomProject.com. We've talked about it before. You do help with a lot of lawyers. You help with a lot of legal arguments. These a lot of these men that are in jail need help there. But there's a lot of families left behind. And in the last week or so, you've been telling me about one of the families that had some issues and other things. And that's a lot of what you've spent your resources on in terms of the uh, Patriot Freedom Project. Um, so I, I guess it's it's not stopping is the point. It doesn't you don't kind of get resolution in a weekend. And there's more and more families really facing tough times. I mean, Ed, we're two years into this, a little over two years into this. And I I still hear heartbreaking stories every single day. You know, I was at a sentencing today with a family, um, as you know, you were you were with me and, um, you know, you, you saw a mother, a father, a brother, a, a, a school friend, um, you know, a lot of character letters. You saw a lawyer who had to bring his two young children to court with him um, because he's a single father and he had to be here in D.C. to represent his client. Um, you know, there's heartbreak everywhere you go, but there's these people, they're family. Most of these people, the majority of the people that are caught up in this have a family and have a story behind their family dynamic. And that is never spoken about. That is never talked about. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people, again, not the majority, but there's a good handful of people, you know, that 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 didn't go to the Capitol to do good. And, and you know, and are really trying to, you know, um, you know, reap rewards or benefit and, and claim patriotism um, off of January 6th when they're just not, you know, not a great person to begin with. And I think we have to start separating, you know, the good and, and the, the ugly and the, you know, um, and there needs to be more talk about that. And you can't be afraid to speak on this stuff. And that's the problem. People are afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm going to speak my mind. If I get backlash, I get backlash. At least I know that I'm I'm talking the truth and I'm talking, you know, what 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 I feel and what I see. Um and and there's there's just so much to be discussed with regard to January 6th. And just to just to backtrack on 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 the point of Tucker again. Um I think people need to give Tucker a chance. Tucker has not let us any of us down before. Um, he, he always does very good reporting is, you know, stellar in his reporting. Um, and I, I think that he will deliver, uh, some really, I mean, he's already made statements that what he's seeing is, is very telling. I don't think we can have, you know, you made a statement before about a thousand people. I think Tucker has a good team Tucker probably needs to, you know, expand his team a little bit, but I think it's, it's, He's got to be very, very careful who he brings behind the curtain. And I think that it should involve the lawyers and, and, and maybe not so much, you know, the defendants. I think the lawyers should have access. And I think that we're going to see that here very shortly. Hmm. All right. Cynthia Hughes, thank you for taking the time. We're out of time. I will uh, we'll ba- we'll have you back again very soon. It's uh, PatriotFreedomProject.com, PatriotFreedomProject.com. We'll take a quick break, everybody. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Listen, thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley of The Answer San Diego, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Height of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles for associate producing. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.